Hello, everyone. I welcome you to The Butterfly Effect, a mental health podcast to help you navigate through adversity and begin your transformative journey to healing mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. From anxiety to domestic violence, this podcast will discuss a wide range of mental health topics, hearing real people discuss their raw experiences. Because this podcast touches on sensitive topics, listener discretion is advised, and the information that is provided is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing any mental health symptoms while listening, I encourage you to contact somebody that you trust or a mental health provider in your community. So, without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Butterfly Effect podcast. My name is Queen Shimoniak, and I welcome you to this week's episode. I hope all of you guys had an amazing week and you enjoyed my previous episode where I discussed a variety of situations and things that can intimidate us from fully going on our journey to healing. Before I get into this week's episode, I first wanted to let you know to like and share this podcast with your friends and family. You can follow me on Instagram at the butterfly effect underscore. And I wanted to give a special shout out to some listeners that I have in Switzerland and Egypt. Your support is very much appreciated and I love that you have tuned in and hopefully you are learning some amazing things from the topics that I have already put out. So without further ado, let's get into this week's topic. Every living thing has its own way of defending itself. Porcupines have their quills, roses have their thorns, and we as human beings have ways in which our physical body can protect us against sicknesses and diseases. These are all examples of defense mechanisms and what we all have in common is that these defense mechanisms are employed when there is a proposed threat but did you know that we have psychological defense mechanisms behaviors that are employed to help us ward off unpleasant thoughts feelings and emotions such as guilt and shame from moving from the unconscious to the conscience so to understand a defense mechanism, if we have defense mechanisms that help us ward off physical stresses and physical predators, what exactly are psychological mechanisms trying to protect? And the answer is it's trying to protect a vital part of our psyche known as the ego. Many psychoanalysts have come up with a variety of theories to understand human psyche essentially the human personality we all are so unique and we are unique based on the things that we go through how what the our environment was and the variety of factors that come into play to help shape the uniqueness of our personality but what is truly employed is our ego a very famous austrian neurologist known as sigmund freud wanted to understand why we are approached with a variety of situations that make us feel unhappy, unpleasant, and make us feel unsafe. And that is why he proposed three major parts of our personality. We have the Eid, the Ego, and the Superego. 
Now, I'm sure many of you have probably seen in cartoons or movies that when someone is trying to make a very interesting decision, they will have a little angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. This is a prime example of what it looks like to deal with our different parts of our personality. First, the Eid is something that is is developed and it happens and it's established when we are born. When we are born, we have very primitive, biological, impulsive responses to get our basic needs, wants, and desires. And that is exactly what the eat is. It's this impulsive, selfish type of part of ourselves that just want that instant gratification to basic needs. Kind of when a baby is crying because it's seeking attention from its loved ones. It's seeking attention from its caretakers. That is what the Eid is and that is one part of our own psyche. It's part of our personality. So that is like the little devil on one shoulder. Then we have the superego. The superego develops when we are around five years old, and this is based on our internal morals and values to make decisions. It tries to control the Eid's like impulsive wants and demands, and it does this because it's trying to turn to moral goals and reassure itself through morals and values that we have rather than realistic goals and it strives for absolute perfection so if the Eid is essentially yelling out I want this now I want this now the superego is saying you can't have this it's not right and it will justify it based on the morals and values that have been established within our own psyche now, this, that would be an example of like the little angel on the other shoulder. Now, the person in the middle that's trying, the main character is trying to make the decision is a representation of our actual ego. This develops when we're around two years old, and it's our mind's own identity. It's a construction of ourselves internally, and the ego is almost proposed as something that is negative and has almost a negative connotation but the truth is this is actually a vital part of our development and it's actually a good thing it provides us with the framework we need to understand our place in the world as well as ourselves and essentially the ego is placed in the middle because it's trying to balance what is rational and what is irrational it will balance out the needs impulsive needs wants and behaviors that it wants at that very moment, that instant gratification, while also trying to appease the superego, which deals with our morals and values. So it's constantly trying to play this game between what is realistic and what is unrealistic, or this decision maker part of ourselves, which is motivated by reason rather than by what is unreasonable. And when the Eid is so chaotic and unreasonable, it tries to work in a realistic manner in order to feed our basic needs. And it considers everything in society, it considers all angles. If you can think of our ego, you're kind of thinking of this balancing beam. It's trying to balance everything out. It doesn't want one part to be more sufficient than the other it's trying to reach a level of compromise and this part of ourselves 
constantly develops. Unlike the Eid and unlike the Eid, it it actually continues to develop based on external factors in our environment. And it helps us decide how we are going to act and behave in very interesting situations where we have to make a decision. And if this could have an affirmation, this would be, let's come to a compromise. Let's come to one decision to help us go about our day and think of things that are realistic for our basic needs, as well as reaffirming and feeling okay with our super ego's wants and needs. Now, the main question is, if the defense mechanism is trying to protect our ego, what happens if the ego cannot deal with the high demand of our Eid and our superego, as well as the relation to what's happening in our reality and our moral standards? And this is why Freud believed that defense mechanisms helped shield the ego, which is the core of our personality, from conflicts that are created within the Eid and the superego. And this happens when we're trying to relate to things that's happening outside of us, the reality of situations and circumstances, because a vital part of what the ego is trying to avoid is anxiety, because things that propose stress, when the Eid is making all these demands or the superego is trying to make a, a demand, there's a level of anxiety. And every anxiety is different. Every type of anxiety is unique to its own situation and has very different sources. When we think about mental health and we start talking about anxiety, you think of just, oh, it's an overwhelming amount of thoughts and emotions and all anxiety is just anxiety. But that's not true. Freud had proposed that there are three different types of anxiety. The first one is moral anxiety. This is the anxiety we get when we fear that we are violating our own moral principles. So anything that goes against our morals, which would fall in line with our superego, it makes us feel uncomfortable and the ego doesn't like to feel uncomfortable. The second type of anxiety is called neurotic anxiety. And this type of anxiety is proposed when we have this unconscious worry that we will lose control of the Eid's urges, resulting in punishments for inappropriate behavior. So kind of imagine this as you're walking in the store and you see something that you want and then you see another person that wants what you want as well. And instead of acting in a rational manner, the Eid will be so impulsive that it will lash out in aggression. And that's what results in punishment for inappropriate behavior that was unrealistic and chaotic. The third type of anxiety is called reality anxiety. And this is anxiety that is very common because this is the fear of real world events, things that cause us an anxiety that we can easily identify. An example of this would be the fear of snakes or the fear of falling or looking down from a very high building. All of these are different types of anxieties that is a relation to things that we can easily identify. So knowing that defense mechanisms are trying to protect our ego, how do we manage and how do we exhibit behaviors to help manage the anxiety and to help balance our own ego? 
And that is where we go into the different types of defense mechanisms. So the first one is called repression. This is employed by the ego to keep disturbing or stressful thoughts from becoming conscious, meaning our ego wants to feel protected. It wants to feel safe. So we will in turn repress very stressful and anxious feelings very deep down in order to avoid it. And this is very common when you know, we're approached with a situation that makes us feel angry. And instead of expressing our anger, we will repress our anger instead. And that's because we're trying to not deal with being approached with the super ego's wants, which is we don't want to deal with facing the consequences of challenging our own beliefs and morals. And this can manifest into long-term issues because when we don't wish to say or do things or involve sensitive parts of ourselves, like our wishes and desires and memories, we end up hiding them and that can only cause more internal anxiety. And this can actually appear in parts of the conscious. It's almost like they slip up and instead of, like when you repress something so much, something is going to boil over. And Freud believed that this happened in the form of dreams in the subconscious or what are known as Freudian slips of the tongue and all these different things that can that we can slip up because we're trying to repress something and it keeps trying to explode. It's trying to come out and essentially express itself. The second type of defense mechanism is called projection. And I think you probably have heard this phrase before, but essentially it is a psychological defense mechanism that is that is attributed to unwanted thoughts and feelings and emotions and motives and placing it on another person. So I th- an example of this would be if your boyfriend or girlfriend was cheating on you and they know they're cheating on you, they will start accusing you of cheating because they are cheating and they're lashing out on you, making you think that you're cheating when in reality they are cheating. That is an example of projection. A third type is called displacement. And this is a type of defense mechanism where you're taking your impulses or frustrations out on a person or object due to a buildup of aggression and frustration. And this is all thanks to the Eid. The Eid is that impulsive one. As I mentioned, it's that primitive part of ourselves that wants to feel like we need that instant gratification. We need to express ourselves right then, right now, without thinking about the consequences. It's very unrealistic and it wants to release, but the super ego doesn't doesn't want to allow that. So the ego will essentially try to step in and find a way to release all of that energy. An example of this would be if you're having a bad day and you continuously have a bad day, you'll go home and you'll punch a pillow, you'll punch a wall, or you'll throw a vase. Essentially, you're lashing out in an aggressive manner because there was a suppression of aggression. Another way that this can be is that, you know, maybe you had a bad day and then someone tries to talk to you and you give them an attitude or you respond very aggressively. That is an example of displacement. You're essentially taking your emotions and you're throwing it or taking it out on something or someone. The fourth type of defense mechanism is 
sublimation. And this is essentially when you're taking your frustration that is deemed to be unacceptable and you're turning it into something more acceptable by society. An example of this is if you are feeling sad and you're a dancer, instead of crying, you will dance for hours. Or if you are angry, you will participate in working out or doing things to take out that aggression. And that is a way in which the brain is trying to balance out our emotions and the ego is trying to find ways to let out that uh, very intense feeling and it doesn't want to approach the anxiety. The fifth type is denial. We all have heard of denial and it's essentially refusing to accept reality so you block external things because it's too much to handle like refusing or denying the existence of something and this is something we actually do quite often. An example of this could be seen in those that have addictions. If somebody has a smoking addiction, they can say, oh, I don't have a smoking addiction. Like, I function every day. Like, I'm a functioning individual. Like, I don't have an addiction. And you'll hear that a lot from people that do have addictions because they're in this state of denial because they're trying to essentially suppress the wants and needs of the superego, which is it challenging our morals and values, and we're trying to sway or go around that. Another type, the sixth type, is called regression. This is going back psychologically in time to a a time that was deemed as better or safer in our minds. And this is almost like, um, like dissociating, where we're like time traveling back to behaviors or events to, um, in this to make us feel better and it's almost like a childlike state I think of two different examples the first one is that let's say you have an anxiety attack and you immediately go to your bed you curl up in a ball and you rock yourself back and forth and hold your favorite stuffed animal or you hold a pillow this can be related to how as children when we would cry and when we would feel distressed, our parents would pick us up and rock us back and forth to calm us down. Or maybe that's a time for you that made you feel like you felt safe. Another is, let's say that you had an argument with your partner and you resort to go to a place or find an es- a way of escaping from that by um, either mentally escaping or physically escaping. The seventh type is called rationalization, and this is essentially a cognitive distortion of the past to make an event less threatening or stressful. This is when our ego is very sensitive, and it's trying to easily lie to rationalize an event. And this can come up in the form of toxic positivity. For example, let's say that a very a stressful natural disaster happened or someone is in the middle of a war and there are killings going on instead of dealing with the emotions that you feel when those events happen you end up trying to rationalize it saying oh well this is all god's will it was all part of god's plan um you can actually probably see this type of defense mechanism a lot when 
people lose a loved one, they will easily almost be in the middle of a state of denial as well as rationalization because they're trying to rationalize why an event happened. And this is just an example of trying to see that the ego is trying to balance what is realistic and unrealistic or rational and irrational. And it's so sensitive that it's almost like it can't, it's just trying to make a quick decision to deal with the intense emotions. The eighth type is called reaction formation. This is behaving the opposite of how you feel or think. And it's essentially when you're overcompensating for the anxiety about something that makes you feel anxious in the first place. And an example of this is when you find displeasure in someone treating you a certain way and instead of speaking out about it, you kind of brush it off and say, oh, it's okay, like, I'm fine, I'm good, like, everything's good. And this can also be, like, a form of toxic positivity because you're not being authentic to yourself by stating how you actually feel or think about something because you're trying to overcompensate. The tenth defense mechanism is called compartmentalization, and this is when we separate our life into independent categories or sectors so that we feel like we are protecting different elements of ourselves that are pertaining to that category. So an example of this could be we choose not to discuss like our life issues at work, but we will... Um, like break things up in our life based on the fact that we rather carry on without facing the anxieties and challenges that are associated with something in a particular setting or mindset. The tenth is called intellectualization and this is when we are hit with situations that make us feel very anxious and or make us feel very stressed out so we choose to remove all emotion and move with only trying to rationalize things based on logic and like actual facts and you see this a lot when somebody you know loses like a job and they end up instead of trying to you know deal with anything to do with the fact that they lost their job now they are trying to spend their days creating opportunities and leads so that they can get a new job and there are other types of very interesting coping mechanisms that I also want to go through with all of you. Some that maybe you never thought about, but you're like, oh, I, that's a defense mechanism? I had no idea. The first one is acting out. Acting out is essentially, you know, coping with stress by engaging in actions rather than acknowledging them and bearing with certain like anxious feelings that you may have. The second is aim ambition, which is accepting like a modified form of your original goal. The third is altruism, which is, you're probably thinking, what? Like altruism, a defense mechanism? Yes, it is. It is essentially when you are satisfying your own internal needs through helping other people. And this is shown in ways where maybe you find yourself helping other people as a way of avoiding to almost help yourself and show that love and care back to yourself and yourself almost self-sacrificing in a way. Another is avoidance, which is essentially just refusing to deal with or encounter the actual situation or stressful situations in general. The next is compensation. So this is the 
oh, like in a form of overachieving in one area to compensate for not being uh, for almost failing in another. Uh, the other one, which is what I kind of briefly mentioned, which is dissociation, which is completely separating yourself or removing yourself from an actual experience or a situation. The next is fantasy. And you probably have so, like, it's just, like experienced yourself saying like going off into your own little world mentally and going into that safe space. That is an example of fantasy. The next is probably not surprising, but maybe it will be surprising to you. But humor, humor is a defense mechanism because you're pointing out the funny or ironic aspects of a situation in order to actually deal with the situation itself because the situation makes you feel uncomfortable, makes you feel very vulnerable. So the ego is trying to find ways to balance it in a way that makes you feel like the intensity of the situation is not as intense anymore the next one is passive aggression and which is essentially indirectly expressing your anger so this can be seen when the ego is trying to balance everything out but the eed or the super ego is trying to push a little bit of their own little i guess sass and they're trying to express that they're offended or butthurt about something. So the ego is like, okay, I balanced everything. We're fine. But then the super ego is like, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine, but I'm not. Like, you know, it'll say things like that. And that's in the form of passive aggression. The next is undoing. And this is when you're trying to make up for what one feels when someone feels um, a certain way due to um, inappropriate thoughts, feelings, or behaviors. So this is like when you hurt somebody's feelings and you realize that you hurt their feelings. And to and so in order for the ego to balance itself, it needs to not feel the anxiety and guilt that it will feel from the superego. So it will try to mend a situation or fix the situation by doing something nice to avoid it, like having that guilt or having... um or being in denial about something, or anxious. All of these are different types of defense mechanisms. There are ways in which we try to acknowledge and deal with intense feelings and emotions and thoughts and situations that we don't necessarily want to deal with all at once. And defense mechanisms are not good or bad. The only way that they become negative is if you are constantly doing things that you know aren't good for your overall well-being like for example if in the moment when you're dealing with something and you feel like you need to suppress your emotions so you can think logically let's say that you never try to come up with a solution and you're just trying to suppress your emotions that causes more stress and more anxiety it's like you are putting on and you're holding so many different burdens and you know that you're in pain but you refuse to alleviate that pain because you feel like having that burden is better to be on your shoulder where you don't see it rather than to have it face on and approach it and actually take accountability for how you are feeling and it's all about trying to question yourself and understand am I protecting my ego the best way possible for my overall health is it good for my physical health is it good for my emotional health my mental health what role 
does my defense mechanism play when providing a healthy outlet for me to express myself and to understand my emotions in increments? Because that is when you have to understand that defense mechanisms can become negative. And instead of what you're thinking is a positive thing is actually causing more harm, that's when you need to take a step back and say, what is going on in my reality? What is holding me back from truly facing my reality? And how can I have a moment where I can acknowledge these things and take accountability so that it's not a form of self-deception? I'm not pretending to be okay about something. I'm not pretending to handle something in a logical manner when in reality I want to be impulsive and I want to truly express how I feel. And this is where emotional management comes into play and it takes a little bit of a vulnerability with yourself to take a step back and really question yourself. Question yourself, interrogate yourself when you see that there's a pattern of your behavior that keeps being exhibited because there are many different ways that we can deal with situations. We're dealing with the intensity of the problem. It's not that we aren't doing something in a healthy way because the mind will only do things to preserve that spirit will preserve your personality, but it doesn't want to be triggered. It wants to do things without feeling guilty. It wants to do things without feeling anxious. So take that time to understand the impact of your defense mechanisms and the severity of the defense mechanisms that you have so that you can understand the, why those get triggered how those get triggered, what a part of your ego is making you feel like you need to defend yourself. And an example of this could be, let's say somebody said that you are stupid and you feel offended and you want to express the fact that they've offended you. Take a step back and say, and and maybe let's say that you deal with the situation by repressing your feelings and you don't tell this person how you feel. The thing is, is that when you when you get approached again by this person calling you stupid the more times they tell you the more it gets repressed and you start to normalize or you either lash out one of the two is going to happen and if you show out aggressively that person will never truly understand why they triggered you in the first place because you never expressed that they triggered you and by not truly acknowledging and by normalizing something, you're telling yourself a false pretense about yourself that isn't true. And you're trying to compensate for the fact that this person hurt you, but you're accepting it and thinking that and almost downplaying your emotions. And I talk about this a lot that do not downplay your emotions. Don't invalidate how you feel about something because you need to consider all aspects of why they're triggering your ego. Let's say that you being called stupid is something that triggers you because maybe someone in your life that was very prominent called you stupid and it hurt you, but you were too young or you were not in the right state of mind to express yourself. And that is where it's important to have that management of our emotions. And it's not that I'm telling you, oh, you need to... um you need to control your emotions and you control yourself because saying that is a almost a way of beating yourself up for feeling something that is pertaining to an event that made you feel unsafe and made you feel threatened so 
don't be afraid to understand why your defense mechanisms are being triggered. Don't be afraid to notice when you are overusing a certain type of defense mechanism because this is going to help you understand your overall mental health and this is what's going to help you understand your journey because when you start unpacking your trauma, when you start unpacking these stressful situations, I mentioned that besides acknowledging your the actual problem you also have to start acknowledging the emotion but you also need to start acknowledging when those emotions get triggered see everything falls into line everything has a domino effect because that defense mechanism is what will hit the trigger that trigger will turn into replaying your trauma and that trauma will further haunt you in the ways that you feel like you're being reminded of that trauma see everything has a cause and effect and that's why it's so important to recognize what defense mechanisms are good and which ones are not as healthy as you thought for yourself All right, everyone, that is the end of this week's episode. I hope all of you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to you guys about defense mechanisms, and I also enjoyed talking about one of my favorite figures in the realm of psychology, which is Mr. Sigmund Freud. I think every social science major has at least heard his name about a thousand times. And what's very interesting is that his daughter actually continued the study of the human psyche of the ego and even came up with some of the defense mechanisms that i mentioned today so i hope all of you guys enjoyed it if you would love to share your thoughts with me or want to ask any questions feel free to email me at the butterfly of pdct at gmail.com or you can follow me on instagram i post updates and some more informational posts about the topics that i come out with and the instagram is at the butterfly effect underscore i hope all of you guys enjoyed everything and to end this week's episode i have a little affirmation for all of you i am giving myself permission to unlock all of the parts of myself that I have deemed to be negative. I am working on myself at my own pace. I am growing in so many amazing ways so that I can acknowledge all parts of who I am. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in, and I will talk to y'all next week.